Welcome to Pay to Play episode 29. How about that? I'm James Adjikowski. Alongside me, not physically, but in spirit, uh, from across state lines is Frank Ivan. Frank, how are you doing today? And then follow that right up with your fun fact. Uh, James, I'm doing good, man. Good to, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Uh, get, hope everything's well across state lines over there. That, that hurricane didn't, didn't get you too hard. But uh, I'll get right to the fun fact. Um, today, I was listening to a podcast uh, with Neil deGrasse Tyson talking to uh, Joe Rogan. And he talked about the triple point of water. Um, basically, water has different boiling temperature based off the air pressure around it. And so if you're up on a mountain, it's actually only like 190, 180 degrees to boil water versus the normal that everyone hears is like 210. But so if there's enough pressure, uh, there's technically water can be boiled at 32 degrees Fahrenheit, which most of us know is the uh, freezing point as well. So it's called the triple point of water. And basically water is in all three phases at once, uh, solid, liquid, and gas. Uh, YouTube video, check it out. It's kind of cool. They can show in like a lab setting. But, yeah, that's my fun fact. Pretty crazy. So it's tough to really picture that without seeing the video, so I highly recommend watching that. I uh, do just want to fact check to you there, though. Uh, at least w- when I grew up going through science class, it was 212 Fahrenheit. 212. Two 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 so 210, yeah. Okay, if we round down. I mean, it technically can be anything, though, James. It, it can go all the way to 32. I think it, can, it could probably go negative. I don't know. I, depending on your elevation. Yeah. You know, I believe Neil. Neil's a – one of the best astrophysicists, good friend of the podcast. Let's uh, let's move on though into women's sports. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, WNBA playoffs. Uh, we're in the midst of them. Uh, the most wonderful time of the year, I think, uh, besides Christmas time. Um, yeah, and so we are down to four teams. We had our single elimination uh, matchups, and Frank, we're now kind of in the semifinals, best of five series. The Washington Mystics up one nothing over the Las Vegas Aces, and I know you want to get into that game a little bit. Um, and then we've got the Connecticut Sun over the Los Angeles Sparks, uh, one nothing. So more to come with that. But yeah, Frank, take us into that game a little bit. What happened game one? I mean, yeah, the Mystics are big favorites, but uh, Las Vegas gave them everything they could handle. Uh, 97-95 down the stretch, and Aces guard Kelsey Plum's driving to the hoop uh, to try to tie the game up at the end, and takes a lot of contact from uh, Mystic star forward. Elena Deladon and the rest didn't call it. I don't know. I think uh, the Mystics snuck away with that one, but they're they're now definitely favored to win the series, taking that lead. But I mean, the refs got to get it right sometimes. Yeah. So I I only saw a highlight after the fact. Tough to really make that decision in real time. Um, tough luck for the Aces. Is I think they are almost as talented as Washington. Um, really showed it throughout that game. Um, again, I. I I watched the highlights. I could see what happened on the big stage there. Um, but, yeah, obviously tough to go down one nothing against a team that was favorite. They had minus odds before the playoffs started, which is kind of just wild. Um, and so the Aces, yeah. Aces gave it their all, and they've been fighting. But uh, then on the other side, Connecticut up one nothing over the Sparks. Um, yeah, Connecticut uh, just had a lot of scoring uh, d- distributed across their players. Alyssa Thomas, 22 points. Uh, Jasmine Thomas, 19 points. John Quell Jones, 16. Courtney Williams, 15. Um, and they had to buy the first two rounds as well. So they, this is their first game in the playoffs. They came out uh, and beat a good L.A. Sparks team coached by former Laker Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher making the rounds now at this point. Derek Fisher coaching in the WNBA, man, guys. It's, I mean, it's a great sport. Yeah, you got you to gotta, you love it. He's uh, – He's had some legal troubles also, hasn't Derek Fisher? Am I, am I mistaken on Sam? I, I don't know. But also just a familiar name, Candace Parker, 24 and 10 for the Sparks in the loss. So maybe they can come back out uh, and tie the series up and force a game. Game. Uh, is it just the best of three? Best of five. Best of five. Best of five. Like for, oh, first. Okay. Best of five. Okay. So yeah. No, they got be... time. They, get, they have to travel and play at least one away game. But all okay. I'll say is in these series – the, the question of, is there some rust from not playing for a little while? Uh, both teams that had the uh, first two rounds of a bye, no problem. They come right out and they take care of business. So that's that's all I got to say right, right there. Not an we'll issue s- waiting we'll on see the where games. These, we'll see where these series are next week. All right, and so that's all for the ladies first in this episode, and we'll go into the MLB for a little bit of that before we dive into football, which has been our heaviest segment week in, week out at this point. 
so the Indians find themselves five games out of the division, a half game back of the wild card. As we're recording this on Wednesday night, the fans are on their feet in progressive field. It's 1-1 against the Tigers. Ninth inning, Jake Bowers at the plate. Um, and we are a half game back of Tampa. Tampa's currently losing to the Dodgers. So if we're able to walk it off tonight and Tampa loses, we will be in a wild card spot. Uh, Twins all but have the division locked up unless they really choke and we went out or something like that. But not really counting on that at this point. Houston and New York were tied when I looked at it this morning. Um, and that, that's for the best record in the American League, which would dictate who would play the wild card team. So a lot could happen in this next week and a half. I'm going to be tuned in. I know that. Frank, I don't know about you, but I'm going to make sure that I can get away to watch these Indians. Bowers pops one up. What the heck? Okay. I, I, I don't have a cable in my new apartment. Ah, um, I don't, do the, is there like a Reddit stream for the MLB? Oh, the there Indians is. Game? Oh, there is. Oh, yeah, you bet. Yeah, it's awesome that there's a Reddit stream, uh, NFL Red Zone stream. Yeah, right. that is awesome. That is. I great. just plugged my laptop in on Sunday, and it was just unreal. And I think we'll do a quick segment on baseball. We'll get into the playoff talk real hard next week, though, guys. I agree. And we'll we'll wean off football next week a little bit. <laughs> but big football week. We Frank, come on, one more thing. One more thing in baseball. All right. I know you want to go oh. quick. It's a big thing, though. It's huge. Jason Kipnis breaks his handmate bone in his hand. And so he's out for the season. Tribe is now relying on Mike Freeman and Yu Chang in the infield. But it's probably the last game Kipnis has ever played as a Cleveland Indian. Given his contract situation, we paid him a lot of money. Um, just really want to give him a shout-out, quick moment of silence. Thank you. Um, that was a very quick moment of silence. And uh, he uh, – so, one thing, we are a finance and sports podcast. I will give myself a quick shout-out. His jersey, the shirt jersey that has his name and number on the back, I bought his rookie season back in 2011 when he made his debut for the team. That shirt has served me well for the nine years he's been with the team. Uh, I, I know I personally loved him. Great, great interacting with the fans. So, that was uh, – very sad to see because he actually came on in the second half of the season. So it's going to be tough going the rest of the fight without him. So sorry, dragged on a little bit there. But uh, Jason Kipnis, I think, deserves some kudos for what he's done in his time as an Indian. Yeah, real guys, guy, real professional, um, how he carries himself in the game. But can we move on? Now we uh, can. To... Now we can. All right. Ants in your pants. We get it. I mean, just it's, uh, spending 10% of our podcast talking about Kipnis. Um <laughs> All righty, let's do a week two rundown of the NFL first. Uh, we do have an interview coming up with a tremendous college football player. Uh, he has a huge game against number three, Georgia. Uh, that'll be in a little bit, but let's talk NFL first, James. Um, we had a couple big injuries this week. A lot of injuries just around the league. The Eagles got beat up. Um, the Jets were obviously beat up. We saw that uh, with the Browns beating them. Uh, which was a big win for the Browns to get to one and one. And then also big Ben Roethlisberger out for the season with an elbow injury and Drew Brees, uh, your guy out with a thumb. Uh, yeah, six, Drew. That's Drew a tough out team. With a thumb. And, and what was your season long bet? That is probably just, uh, yeah, you might as well pay, you might as well pay the bookie this week. I, I should, uh, my sad beat. Uh, it's, it's a quick sad beat early on. We got more of those to come, but, Drew Brees breaking his hand will probably prevent him from hitting the over on his uh, season passing yards. Uh, it was like 4,200. I took the over and I just, I thought in my head, like, you know, every other year, it seems like he breaks 5,000 yards. Uh, it was really counting on this year to be one of those years. And then Aaron Donald had to basically give him an unwelcomed high five and break his thumb. So uh, shout out to Aaron Donald for, making me pay up a little bit sooner than I would have liked to. Um, not cool. Yeah. Drew Brees, a real family man, good guy, man, man of God too. And next thing you know, he just some bad luck hits him. means uh, karma doesn't always happen right when you want it to. So yeah. Drew Brees, better <laughs> things on the horizon for him. I hope he comes back second half of the season, still leads the Saints to the Super Bowl. But tough news there. Big Ben had it coming to him, so I don't feel bad for him at all. Um, so, Frank, yeah, the injury bug was out to get people week two. Um, but really no upsets this past week. Some injuries. Yeah, well, there's a lot of teams that are 2-0 right now. Yeah, the um, Buffalo Bills. A couple surprises. The Buffalo Bills, who I have in the playoffs, uh, mind you, and uh, the San Francisco 49ers, also 2-0, coming up on the Browns' schedule soon. 
Um, a couple teams that are surprised the Packers. Rodgers uh, with his new head coach uh, getting off to a solid start. Seattle, uh, the Chiefs, teams you would expect, Patriots, Rams, uh, Cowboys looking good so far. But, yeah, so it's, it's exciting to see. And the, the Browns have a huge game. Uh, but actually, let's talk a little bit fantasy first, I guess, before we get into the big games. Um, Lamar was good again. Uh, Mahomes had four touchdowns in a quarter, James. I, I just, this guy's crazy. <laughs> and uh, Dalvin Cook's a beast. I have him on my team in one league. That's Dalvin nice. Cook is a big beast. He's, he usually is good for one breakout touchdown per game at this rate. Just a matter of him staying healthy. And the one other quarterback I'd like to mention, Dak Prescott. Um, it's already looking like a sad beat. Like, it's not officially one yet, but I took the under on his passing yards. And I think that was like 3,200. Um, and oh, he is, that's, he's like, yeah. a, he's like a, I, I actually forget what it is. And I don't think I can even see it on my book like anymore. Like it doesn't show in the description. So I'm kind of just chalking that one up as a tough L, but he is a top five fantasy point getter to this point in the season. So uh, credit to him there. Um, and then we look at the receiving core, a name that pops up and uh, you corrected me on this in our pre-show notes, uh, John Ross. I, I basically thought he still had rookie eligibility because I still hadn't heard his name much since getting drafted top 10 by the Bengals. Uh, but he's in the top 10 fantasy scores, top three among wide receivers. Uh, he's been special. Um, I think it was a garbage time touchdown this past week of like 60 yards as the Bengals got blown out by the 49ers. On um, their home turf. On their home turf, yeah. They, they, they uh, you know, the Bengals will bangle, if you will. Browns, Browns fans, things could be a lot worse. We're in a good, <laughs> good position finally. I love it. And then um, another guy from the AFC North at the tight end position, Mark Andrews. He actually leads tight ends thus far. Um, he's been very good, and he's a second-year player himself. Jason Witten had another touchdown from Dak. That he did. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yep. And I was going to say, we, you, we, you wish uh, that the Cowboys played the Browns because Miles Garrett would probably hurt Dak after the after the. The throw. Yeah, Miles I mean, Garrett has no off switch, man. No off switch. If he sees the quarterback, he hits the quarterback. I love yeah. it. You know, I, he's definitely making some bonehead plays, and they're going to come back to bite us if he keeps doing them. But early in the season, I'm fine with it. I like that he's uh, knocking the guy down, uh, getting penalties. I'm fine with it. Yeah. He's got, uh, I, he's got five sacks. He's on track for 40 sacks. That's true. All right, so those were some of the top, top standout players um, around the fantasy spectrum. Uh, but quick shout-outs for those in our league that actually it's been a lot of guests that are, that are in this league, uh, guests of the Pay to Play pod. Um, so, Frank, you are first in the league right now. Most points scored, 2-0. and Don't uh, don't pat yourself on the back too hard. I know you and your dad are a big fan of that phrase. I'm 3-3 three and three across my three leagues, so okay. it's, I'm, not, I'm not on my high horse. It's, it's, hell, it's hell. I'm 0-2 in a league, and I, I got to win. <laughs> I got to win this week. It's must-win action in fantasy. I'm 3-5 and five across my four. Um, but then also of note, Muzz and Matthews are also undefeated, along with Brad. Brad, don't know if you listen, but good for you. Off to a good taking, start. Taking Carlos Hyde in the second round last year. <laughs> what, what is this? That's the funniest thing still, is that he took Car- Carlos Hyde. So it Carlos worked, Hyde. It was working out. It he's was. good this year again, too. He is. Well, he, he's taken carries from his old buddy Duke Johnson one yeah, more time. Back. They're back. <laughs> They're back together in Houston. The gang's back together in Houston. Um, and then other former guests, Marty and Alex Stump, both 0-2. So prayers out to them. Hopefully they can turn things around, get a little bit competitive sometime soon. Uh, but I think that's it from the fantasy spectrum and recapping week two, Frank. Uh, let's keep it rolling, looking ahead at week three. Tomorrow night we get, I don't know if it's pretty, but it's an AFC South matchup. The Tennessee Titans on the road in Jacksonville, favored minus one and a half going on to take on Gardner Minshew and the boys. Maybe, maybe Jalen Ramsey. We don't know. If he's still available, he would love to play. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is there. The, the, allegedly, the Chiefs really want him. Is that true? I don't know what to make of it. I like the Titans regardless. You get a guy with that kind of heart that doesn't give a rat's ass about his team. I don't care how electric Gardner Minshew is. Give me Mariota. I saw what they did. They beat the Browns, a good ass football team, by thirty points. The Jaguars. Yeah, they, then they then they come back and lose to the Colts. I, well, the Colts the, are a good football team. Colts are going to win that division. I said it tit- pre preseason. Uh, the Titans are a whirlwind. It's it's Mike Vrabel keeps every game close. Uh, so I like <laughs> I, I I mean that's what he does. Win or lose, he keeps them close. But yeah, I would take Tennessee. All right. 
Don't I'm know if I will. Uh, hold both, on. I'm betting that I'd, game. I'd probably take the under. <laughs> yeah, under seems like a good play on Thursday nights this year. Whatever I'm taking is, yeah. I'm taking Sunday. the over in sacks. Over in sacks is 2-0 and on Thursday nights this season. Sunday night, we got America's favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, prime time again, taking on the 2-0 and uh, Super Bowl losing St. Louis Rams. The Rams are minus three coming into Cleveland. Um, I think it's fair. You know, we, we're going to be on short rest as well, playing Monday night. Yep. Uh, so shorter week to prepare. But um, I think the Browns can get it done. I, Baker's definitely still got to play a little bit better. Uh, is Aaron Donald going to be healthy? Uh, don't ask me. Ask the doctor of the Rams. I have not paid that close of attention to his, his situation, but I personally would like the Rams in that game if I'm a betting man. Not saying I am. Not I saying I will Donald's take good. I think he. I, I thought he was too because he he walked out of that game um, this past weekend, and uh, I didn't know if he came back in or not. But I was assuming he was healthy. Rams three three points seems like a. Um, it says he's limited in practice with a back injury right now, Aaron Donald. Okay, but I don't think that's going to make or break my bet. I just don't like the way the Browns' offense has looked to play among the elite teams in the NFL. I uh, So I think I'm going to place a bet on the Rams by, like, tomorrow or Friday because I could see the line swinging further their way. And then I could see Sunday coming around and me saying, you know what, screw it, it's the end of the week. I'm going to put more money on the Browns. Um, so I could plus see four or plus five. Ideally, but I don't know if it's going to keep moving. I could just see myself, even if it stays at three, just overriding that first bet and letting the motion get the best of me. Um, or, or doing one of those things where you take a Browns money line or Rams minus whatever, and then just and when the better, Rams... better and, not be a three-point game. Exactly. I could see myself being on both sides of it. Um, just bad to look at it that way, but all in all likelihood, I will be. I will be smashing the Browns money line. I'll be smashing alternate lines for the Browns. Give me like Browns minus 10 for plus 400. <laughs> I'll take it. I think I think Baker is made for the prime time, and I I think uh, this Browns team is is as well, and we're feeling dangerous on Sunday night. Uh, Cleveland's going to be absolutely rocking. It will. It's going to be a fun home 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 game. The Indians play that night as well. Yeah, they play at six thirty against the Phillies, and um, wow, that it should be fun in the city of Cleveland. A little bit jealous. I'll make sure I'm at a Browns backers bar around here. Literally on Monday night, I didn't even think we looked all that good, though. But against the Jets, our defense came out there ferocious. And if they come out with that type of intensity, pretty boy Jared Goff waiting on uh, McVay to, to – uh, I don't know if you saw that tweet, Frank, but McVay basically read the defense, tells it to Goff, and Goff just – he's a puppy doll. He's a puppy doll that Miles Garrett might rip apart. That's all I'm saying. I love it. Um, all righty, let's uh, keep going here. Um, what else do we got? We got Monday night, then we got Chicago minus four at Washington. Just give me your quick pick. Uh, quick pick right there. I am all bored. Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. Uh, give me Case the Ace Keenum, uh, to take him out. I just uh, realized I'm so tired. I just said puppy doll. I'm a puppet. I, I don't know. I, I feel stupid, but go ahead. Okay. Sorry, I cut you off. And then some other games that are just to note because they're crazy is uh, these giant spreads we're seeing right now. I mean, it's college spread season in the NFL. We got New England minus 22.5 versus the Jets, and then Dallas is minus 21.5 versus the Dolphins. I, I'm personally on the Dolphins, 21.5. Um, I will be joining you on that, but, uh, hey, I think it's free money. You know, you might as well tease both the Jets and the Dolphins. You don't lose by more than four touchdowns, right? Dude, uh, I don't know the Dolphins. The Dolphins are improving, but at a slow rate. They lost by forty nine week one, and then forty three week two. So, twenty one and a half is actually uh, double what uh, they're expected to lose by by numbers. Okay, or half. I don't know what so, I was saying about the free money. That was a stupid joke. But if the Dolphins <laughs> do keep improving at the six point margin per week, they are going to be winning ball games by week nine. I think that is. I, is that maybe correct? Twelve. Week nine. No, six points. Times, 40 divided by six times eight, 48. You need to get past yeah. 49. Yeah. So it's going to be week nine. They win a ball game. I don't know who's on their schedule then, but watch out. <laughs> math, math doesn't lie. Um, so and then they go, then they go eight and eight from there. Probably. Walsh's probably. Super Bowl bet might be alive at that point. They sneak into a wild card spot. Um, yeah. All good things there. Um, so no, those giant spreads, I, I don't know how you can take the underdog with any, 
confidence whatsoever, but I will join you on the Dolphins. Probably will take the Pats with their large spread against the Jets. I just don't. Pats, Pats in a large spread game. Yeah. Bel- Belichick knows the spread. He does. He knows, and he's out for blood when, when he sees them, too. Yeah, he said, oh, 22 and a half. They're, they're not giving me enough credit. So, should, all right. Should, Those should be four should, touchdowns. Should be four touchdowns, yeah. Who's all your right. survival pool pick of the week? Well, I was going to say, if you, if you haven't used either of those teams yet, might as well not get cute with it. Take the Pats or the Cowboys. There's a lot of close uh, spreads this week. And so uh, week three is kind of when people are like, oh, yeah, lollygag a pick. And then that's when, you get, that's when you get exposed. And that's when you get knocked out of your survivor pool. I don't know if we've brought this segment to light enough in the last couple of weeks, but I'm in two survivor pools myself. Uh, one of them, there's 153 people to start. We're down to 122. So shout out to those 31 people for getting ballsy in the first couple of weeks. A couple of people had the Browns week one. Actually, 12 of them had uh, the Browns against the Jets, so they survived there. Um, a lot of people used New England last week. I used the Ravens last week. Um, they took down the Cardinals without really much of a problem. Whoa, 23-17, one-possession game. Well, it was like 20 Cardinals, Cardinals with the easiest cover I've, I think we saw almost all week. One yeah, 13 for and an, a half. For an, for an underdog, maybe the easiest cover. That's, I suppose that's true. Yeah, I'll give you don't that. Hate, don't hate on my guy, Kyler Murray. All right, but looking at this week, I will probably take Dallas or New England. I haven't decided. I'll probably take Dallas in all likelihood. Um, I... I, I don't know. I need to do more research into this before I make the picks. But then uh, the Packers are like an eight-point favorite against Denver, I believe. Did Puig yeah. just walk it off? Off the wall and the Indians win. How about that? And I am going to be in the money tonight. The Indians 2-1 to one, win in the 10th inning. Puig goes off the right field wall. And that puts us thing. into the wild card, correct? It, Did, uh, t- uh, is Tampa going to lose? They, yeah, they're playing on West Coast time with the Dodgers right now. Uh, or or maybe, maybe not in – Actually, I'm very confused why that game was in the middle. Because, all right, enough. So we got to keep moving along here. Just because. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's let's perfect segue into college football. Yeah, well, that couldn't have been better. Um, we don't need right. to talk about the Denver Packers game. Screw we it. don't. Um, just saying, the Packers are another popular survivor pool pick. Probably give me, this week. Give me Vic Fangio and Joe Flacco to get the train rolling in Denver. All right, I like that. Uh, I'm not taking the Packers. I'm just saying they're going to be popular. Um, All right, college football now. Last weekend, uh, not much. Not much in terms of uh, close games, in terms of good games. Uh, Florida was down at Kentucky late. I had a nice live line on their money line that helped me going into Saturday night. They survived. They're still eligible for the college football playoff, like you said. Um, and then UCF takes down Stanford, and they cover in a big way. They won like 45-27. And then yeah, they Maryland- got like t- Go ahead. They got like a ten percent chance to make the playoff. They're saying, or like five percent, like maybe five percent. Still, keep the, the train yeah. rolling. It's rolling. It's increasing. But uh, yeah, and then Maryland with a tough upset. We all said it. We all were like, we're taking Maryland less than a touchdown spread. They're killing. They killed Syracuse, who was ranked at the time. Uh, put up one hundred fifty points in two weeks, and what did they put up? Like eighteen. Yeah, it was a horrible game. Something like that. It was just. Really not fun to watch at all. They had two they, points they, at halftime. Yeah, they lose to Temple in a tough one. But yeah. let's let's talk week four. We got some big games to watch, and we got to talk to a player who's about to play in one of these big games. That's but true. first, we got uh, 11 Michigan, uh, Big Ten matchup, going to Wisconsin, who's ranked 13th. That's going to be a noon game on Saturday. I uh, Who do you like? I think Wisconsin's like? favored, actually, by about a field goal. And I could see myself being on the Badgers, one, out of spite for Michigan, two, being out of the fact that Michigan has not played well this season. Wisconsin still has Jonathan Taylor. Um, I could see – I don't know how about their air, air raid passing game there in uh, Wisconsin, but I could see them commanding themselves on the ground. You saw Army obviously doing it with the triple option, but I, I like the Badgers, I think, in that one. Yeah, Michigan hasn't shown me enough, so if I if I have to bet it, I'm betting the Badgers, and I'm a, I'm a fan of the Badgers. Wisconsin's minus three and a half right now on our book, Edge. All right, all right. That's going to be tough, but this next game's like, the one that bothers me the most. Go ahead, continue what you're saying. This, uh, No, you're good. Next game is eight Auburn uh, going to number 17 Texas A&M, who has a loss to Clemson. Uh, Texas A&M, I think, is minus three in that they one. They are. They are. And this, I, this is what I was about to say. This game bothers me. 
I will be on it in some fashion or another, but I think my mind's going to pull both ways between now and then. Uh, the heart saying Auburn, the head saying A&M at home, College Station. Fun place to be. Yeah, I'm seeing minus three and a half again in this one. All right, I probably that, that half points pissing me off. Well, I, if if that if it stays at three and a half, I'll take the spread with Auburn. If it goes much lower than that, I will end up on their money line. Uh, Bo Nix hasn't shown his true self to this point. Uh, they do- came out and dominated Kent State last weekend. Sorry, Cannon, tough tough one right there. The Golden Flashes couldn't cover. Um, but I I don't want to give it a formal pick at this point just because I. Uh, I'm just I'm gonna really enjoy watching that game. I will I really will. Alrighty. Um I think I would take A and M as well. Um needs needs that win or else the season is shot with two losses. So I think he gets it. Right. Um and then the biggest game of the week, uh Saturday night, eight PM, we have seven rank, seventh ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish going to Georgia to take on the Bulldogs, the third-ranked Bulldogs and Jake Fromm, who got his start two years ago playing at Notre Dame, uh, taking over for Caleb Easton, I think, was the other quarterback, right? Who's at Washington Jacob, now? Jacob Jake, Eason. Jacob Easton, sorry. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Fromm's seen the team before, um, and we actually got to sit down. James, uh, James do you want to give your take on the game right now, or do you, should we wait for after the interview? Um, I'll give it right now. I like the Georgia Bulldogs in that one. Uh, the line's gone a little bit too much in their favor for my liking, but um, I uh, I do think I like Georgia. So um, with that, I think it's time to send it to the interview. Anything else from you, or are we good to get Croft in here? Give me Notre Dame spread at least. Come on. Okay, you like Notre Dame? All right, I love yeah. it. I hope you're on the opposite side of you. Get me going. Without further ado, guys, here is our interview with Notre Dame starting cornerback, leading them in interceptions, Sean Crawford. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Great to see you. Sean Crawford with us here. Uh, Notre Dame cornerback, uh, leading the Notre Dame fighting Irish in interceptions this year. Sean, hasn't, haven't seen you in a while, man, but how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, like you said, uh, we're in the middle of the season. I um, have a pretty big game coming up this weekend, but doing well, feeling healthy. Um, just excited for what's to come, really. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, and, James, you can say hi if you want. Yeah, I will, Sean. Uh, nice to meet you. Well, I'm sure, I think we've, met, we've crossed paths in the past and whatnot, but uh, – uh, thanks for coming out of the, the podcast. We really appreciate it. And like you said, big game this upcoming week. So it'd be fun to talk to you about that a little bit. And it's about life in general, you know. Uh, yeah, cool to okay. talk to someone that's going through the grind, like you said, middle of the season. Busy schedule, but taking the time to speak to us. And uh, as a Cleveland native, awesome to have someone on here. It's kind of in the big show itself. Uh, oh, yeah, no problem. Anything for my guy, Frank. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> there we go. All right. All right, Croft. Why Notre Dame, man? We got to start right with all the questions. Why Notre Dame? How's the experience been there? And take us through some of those ups and downs you've been through over the years. Uh, so, I mean, as you know, like I was committed to Michigan, uh, like early on through high school, and then um, took a visit to Notre Dame, like shortly, like after I was committed to Michigan, because uh, Notre Dame wasn't really like in the like in my recruiting process at first, but uh, they came along like a little after Michigan, but. Uh, yeah, I took a visit, and it was my first time on campus, and it was, like, it was amazing. I mean, the whole community, the whole just uh, campus environment kind of felt like St. Ed's in a way, just, like, the brotherhood and, like, a sense of just – sense of community, sense of, sense of just, like, uh, faith and all those things. And, and then just, obviously, like, Notre Dame football is just, like, the icing on a cake. I mean, it doesn't get any better than playing on NBC every weekend and – <laughs> being able to play in front of a sold-out crowd. Yeah, that is cool. So just that just is. to be clear, just to be clear, so I, I guess Harbaugh came in after after the point you had decommitted. Is that correct? My, yeah, so about Brady, yeah, Brady Hoke was recruiting me. And then, like, short, like right before signing day, uh, Coach Harbaugh was hired. So I was pretty locked in already to Notre Dame by then. Gotcha, okay. Gotcha. And and what's your relationship been like with uh, your current head coach Brian Kelly? Uh, it's definitely been great. Like we've grown to know each, like grown, uh, grown to get to know one another uh, throughout these five years. And with my injuries, um, like our relationship has, like it hasn't been much like 
player coach has just been like uh just like a friendship really like and so I got to know him just like on a personal level just because um it was it was more so talking to him about my life instead of talking to him about the game of football and t- and he and just like re- really he's like really getting to know me and just just really pushing me and just like motivating me to just get back on the field and to graduate and do all these things that like that comes with the opportunity to be in at Notre Dame so um I got to thank him a lot just because he stuck with me through the injury stuck with me through these past five years and um like he's just been a tremendous guy to me and just also a great coach but that's awesome with Brian Kelly because he's a guy that you know he comes into Notre Dame and he's kind of been at the helm for a while now um obviously well respected throughout the country but so my question differs from that a little bit though how did the nickname the golden mongoose get started (laughs) uh so um just like growing like throughout high school like I was a big fan of Terry Matthew and so and he's known as the honey badger and so just like as I got here like I've always been like a player that I that tried to make shot when I got here and uh played against like or my junior year we played Boston College I had two interceptions a fumble recovery and then against Michigan that and then shortly after that our strength staff came up with the name Golden Mongoose and so it's like a similar animal to uh fights cobras and like snakes and like bigger animals and things like that and like Aren't aren't like don't fear many animals. I like it. I love it. So yeah, they came up with that, and I was like, at first I wasn't like cool with it, just because like I really like never looked at a mongoose or like thought a (laughs) mongoose was cool. But I mean, like after a while, it was it was pretty. But but yeah, awesome nickname, the golden mongoose. Um, (laughs) And yeah, you got to get a couple more picks this year, man. You got to get you got to get one on uh, Jake Fromm this weekend. Yeah, that's definitely that's a plan. I, we'll have a we'll have a, we'll, have a yeah. we'll definitely prepare well this week, and we'll have a plan and set. So, uh, yeah, if he try if he throws one in the area, I'll definitely be looking to grab one. <laughs> okay, baby, I love it. The golden mongoose, watch out for him on Saturday night. Um, but Croft, let's talk a little NFL football real quick. Um, what is your early NFL MVP uh, so far? Only two weeks in. Uh, I feel like right now it would have to be like probably Lamar Jackson. Um, I haven't, I haven't watched his games, but like just looking at the stats and looking at the highlights of it, I feel like he's playing very well since, or, and he's, uh, has improved on his season last year already. Just like being able to throw the ball and get, uh, you know, so I feel like just Lamar Jackson, I mean, it's really, really early. So I don't even know. Did you ever have to play against Lamar? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know if you guys played Luckily. Louisville in any of those years. No, we didn't. All righty. Um, well, yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good prediction. He's probably the favorite right now based off I'd, stats. I'd say well, so. Or Mahomes. Mahomes, uh, yeah. Mahomes. Mahomes four touchdowns in one quarter is pretty crazy. But what's, yeah. what's your Browns prediction? We're, we're Cleveland podcast, uh, Cleveland-based followers. And you're a Cleveland guy. What's, what's the Browns? We got a win last night. What do you think? Uh... I'm thinking. I'm thinking eight and eight. I don't. Um, we got a tough schedule. Next five games, every team's undefeated so far. Yeah, but all the Bills are undefeated, so it's like. <laughs> not, <laughs> Josh Allen's good, man. It's not that. It's, I mean, I don't it's know. Good in shorts. Like, like versus Tennessee, we didn't look. We didn't look very hot, and like Baker didn't make like the best decisions. But I feel like last night, once we got a roll and like we got some confidence going. Uh, like Odell's finally scores, so it's. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the confidence is up with the team. Like I don't know. Miles Garrett is just a beast. So we'll see. I think I'm. Well, I don't know. Eight and eight I, is your prediction right eight, now. No yeah, playoffs. I think eight and eight though. Oh, it depends. It depends on if the Steelers pick. If the Steelers pick it up though. No, they're not picking it up. Big Ben's done, man. Did you see that? Yeah, they're. I mean, yeah, they're def- They're definitely done too, but. The Ravens, the Ravens might I dominate. Even, yeah, I haven't watched the Bengals at all, but yeah, you know, don't worry about them. Don't worry you don't about need them. To. You're not missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, hope, I, I mean, I hope definitely hope they make the playoffs. Like, there's only me and Liam Eikenberg, for, like from Cleveland on the team, so we definitely try to 
root for Cleveland and yeah. beat out all, beat out all the Bears fans. Liam Eikenberg, uh, graduate of Lee Burnison Middle School, just like Frank and myself, actually. <laughs> How about that? Um, but, okay, so I, I think that's actually reasonable, given the way the Browns have started. They haven't looked that hot. Eight and eight seems about reasonable. And it's going to be tough to take down an MVP type uh, of season from Lamar Jackson if he, if he maintains that pace. Uh, but we're going to switch gears again for you here, Sean. Um, so, you know, we're called the pay-to-play podcast. Um, yeah. And one of our big things we've advocated for is, on a professional level, uh, better women's pay. Um, and so we've been pretty big advocates of that. And we don't want to go too deep into the uh, NCAA. Uh, you, you know, obviously, Jay Billis is one of the biggest proponents of it, paying NCAA athletes. Uh, and you see all these bills kind of flying around um, in state, state leg- legislature. Um, California's got a bill going on right now where they want people to be able to make money on their own image and likeness. Um, right. NCAA call it unconstitutional. We're not trying to get you in trouble here by any means, but uh, what's your take on some of this stuff uh, from what you're able to tell us? Uh, I think, wait, can you hear me? Yeah, yep. yeah, we got you. Uh, personally, I think, um, I feel like it's a tricky situation, especially like, I feel like, and if it's like, if they go by state to state, just because I feel like the NCAA will just be able to just like not recognize that state, that specific state. And so, yeah, that's what they're saying. It's possible. And so by doing like when, by doing that, I feel like then like you don't reap the benefits of like being in the NCAA and then the conference doesn't reap the benefits to whereas like. Say if your con- if your team in your conference wins the national title, then usually like everyone in the conference gets a like like a piece of some money from the NCAA to just like just because your team won the national championship. And I feel like if your if your team's not recognized by the NCAA, then you lose out on that. And also with things like like if if a third string player isn't like is, is, like obviously like isn't recognized by like fans or anything doesn't make any money then he's really like I, f- I feel like he's really getting the short end of the stick you know yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Kind of, I feel that I agree with that I mean I think my take is um that you know I think the college players do deserve to make some money off their image and likeness um however they can and I think actually it's going to eventually happen nationwide over the next decade or so. I don't think it's necessarily right around the corner, but you know, I think my main question is when does it continue the high school football or even more? So why aren't, why aren't our grade school kids getting a cut of the concessions and ticket profits that CYO is raking in? I don't I get it guys. <laughs> um, but speaking of you sports, Sean, take us through some of your favorite memories from your football career, grade school, high school, college, just give us some highlight plays, highlight games. We'd love to hear them. Uh, so I was actually like watching a, you um, like my middle school like little like highlight tape the other day. Let's go! And there was a play on there. I played against Denzel Ward in middle school. And hey, your rival, I, man. I don't know if he remembers this, but <laughs> I got a forced fumble on him, and like our this game was to like win the league championship, and so in that game I forced a fumble while he was while he was at running back. So I think that was pretty cool. That's uh. I'll probably never let him live that down if uh, <laughs> if we end up talking about it again. But that was that's one of my like fine moments. And then um, I don't know, or maybe like back in the day, like when I used to run track, AAU track. Um, I was like a I was a three time junior Olympic medalist, so that was Ooh. gold medalist. So that was pretty cool too. I like it. We're we're a big gold podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we don't. Like we wouldn't. We wouldn't really have someone on that got a silver medal. So, uh, <laughs> glad, glad, glad you're up at that that standard for us. Otherwise, otherwise we would have had to cut this really short, and it would have been awkward. So, yeah. All righty. Well, Croft, if you could be any pro athlete in any sport, who would it be and why? We ask this question to everyone. So, if you could be any pro athlete, it doesn't have to be football, but it can be if you want it to be. Uh. I feel like I probably want to be like either like Usain Bolt or LeBron. I mean, I feel like whenever <laughs> whenever they step on like the track or whenever they step on the court, it's like they're the best and like they dominate whoever they're going against. And I feel like they also like like 
professionally, like, they just have it, like, together. Like, you really don't – well, probably we don't pay attention to Usain Bolton much because he's not from here. But as far as LeBron, like, he doesn't really, like, make mistakes as to, as to like, discipline or, like, think, like things outside of, outside of basketball. And then just, like, all his, all his other businesses, like, outside of basketball, like, I feel like that's what any, like, athlete, like, wants to do, like, after, after sports. So – Probably definitely LeBron. He's like definitely someone like I look up to, like just on the outside of sports things. I agree, man. He's my he's my idol. <laughs> always has. I like. I mean, I'm serious though. I always has been. LeBron's a man. Well, it's it's so funny thinking about his evolution and how like as a young kid eat McDonald's before games, and now he's kind of at a point in his career where he can do the stuff off the court and on the court simultaneously. And it's I feel like it's just going to be such a seamless transition. Whatever he does, decide to hang it up. I, I like that pick a lot. And there's gonna be yeah. a lot of fuel in it. There's gonna be a lot of fuel in his fire because uh, they denied his uh, trademark request for Taco Tuesday. They did. I <laughs> watch, saw that. Watch. I might take him for MVP this year. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Sean. I like that answer. That's actually the first person that's ever said LeBron. We've asked quite a few people, and it's been mostly golf. Or we got a Mike Trout from uh, Mike Matthews last time. He he answered that. So, interesting. First person to say LeBron. I thought we'd have more of him by now. Um, but next question for you. Um, outside of football, what do you like to do? Uh, what's something people might not know about you? Uh, they might just look at you and see uh, Notre Dame starting corner. Typical Jack. But what, what do you got behind the scenes for us? Uh, I love playing video games, of course. And then definitely, like, trying to get out to concerts or festivals. Uh, like, recently, I've been, like, a big festival guy. Just, like, uh, like I'm – on music but like i've started to just like open up to like more like different like different genres to whereas like edm or like house music or um there we go just like rap or like even pop so there's just like things like that going to see like different artists and just like trying to get like a different feel for them so uh definitely like any in the off season or whenever i can just trying to get out to any concerts or festivals really i like that so what's on the pregame playlist Give me, you give, me, give me an artist, give me a song. What, what, what should people be listening to? What gets so you going? So for me, personally, I like to just – I like to start off the, like, day or, like, a ride over to the stadium with, like, some gospel music just so, like, to just keep me calm, just, like, allow me to just, like, realize, like, where I am, just appreciate the moment and things like that. And then, like, closer to game time, I'll, like – I'll just – I'll definitely speed it up. I'll go to, like uh, – some like J. Cole, just like some like slower like rap. And then like game time is just like future Meek Mill, uh, like some Jay Z, uh, Lil Baby, just stuff like that. So like on game day, I like, I'm like very specific on like what I listen to. It doesn't really change. Do you think you'd listen to a song by uh, Mike Walsh and Ben Gothier? Uh yeah, I, I could definitely listen to one of those like riding over to the game like, as long as <laughs> like I don't I don't know I don't know what this like song is gonna be about but definitely I check it out like just because like when I'm riding over to the game it's like I don't want anything that's gonna like hype me up or like get me like anxious so like if it's calm and like smooth I'll definitely take a listen to it. Alrighty, man. Well, we appreciate it, but you know you're got you got that pregame playlist playing this weekend. Uh, heading down to Atlanta, Georgia, to take on the uh, Georgia Bulldogs, um, number three ranked team in the country. But what can we expect? Um, are are you excited about the team? You guys ready? Uh, yeah. So we just started like preparation, literally uh, like yesterday, and today was like our first practice. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I think we we definitely have the talent. We have the coaches that'll just that'll put us in the right place and. Uh, draw up a perfect scheme for them. Um, we played them two years ago and they still have the same coaches. So um, we pretty much like know what they're about, what they're, what they're going to do and all this stuff. But uh, I think it'll be a great, um, a veteran quarterback. So it'll be, I think it'll be a great matchup. Yeah. My dad was actually at that Notre Dame, Georgia game uh, two years ago. That was uh, Jake Fromm's first game. I think my dad was yeah, actually that was at just... that game watching you. Yeah, that was his first start. So, um, so yeah, I think he'll All be right, prepared. Well, like he's he's seen us before, and yeah, I definitely think it'll be a good. They they're bringing in. I think they're bringing in like a thousand extra seats, um, to the stadium. So, it'll be a packed house. 
all eyes, all eyes will be on Athens, Georgia. I was going to say back on the music part, what's it, what's it like to come out to here, here comes the Irish into the, the dropkick Murphys. That's gotta be a, like a surreal feeling each, each week you guys get to play a home game and this time obviously going onto the road. Oh, like the, here come the Irish is like, you can't even put that moment into words really. And especially like, just like being on the field and like, if you're on kick, like they usually, we do it on kickoff or if we're on kickoff or kick return, but, um, just being on the sideline, just like going crazy when the, when you hear like the, the start of the song and like everyone's jumping, uh, jumping up and down the uh, stadium, you just know like it's, it's go time. So that's definitely like a, just a moment that you like can't even put in words. All right, that's awesome. Sean. Well, well, looking down the line, um, I don't know. Do you have another year of eligibility technically next year? Is the goal the NFL? What's, what's the thoughts for your future? I think you're in grad school right now. Yeah, so I have I do have a six year option, um, but like I, I tell people like I have no idea. Um, I told like I told someone I was like I had no idea I was gonna be using my fifth year when I first came into college. So um, whether I'll be yeah. using a six whether I'll be using a six year I don't I don't know. But like if I need to I will. Like I don't like I love Notre Dame. Like I love playing for Coach Kelly and just. I mean nothing wrong with a double victory. Yeah. So and then it's like. <laughs> Why, why, why get into just like the real life? So, like when I still could just play college football. So, I don't know. We'll see. And then, like, if the NFL is an option after this season, like I do have a great season, I can pursue that. I definitely will try that. Sweet. All right, Sean. Well, we we really appreciate you having you on. We're cheering for the Irish this Saturday night. Um, you know, we just thanks for coming on and talking to us. We. Oh yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right, and that interview was brought to you by us. No official sponsor. Uh, Frank reached out to Sean, and he was very kind to join us. Obviously, gave us a little bit of insight on that big game this weekend, Frank. After listening to him talk, you like taking the Irish spread. I was on the other side of things, uh, but I, I am pumped to watch that. Between 3.30 and 11 o'clock Saturday, I better be in front of a TV. That's all I know. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, it was great to talk to Sean. Haven't haven't talked to him much over the years uh, since high school. Um, great teammate, great guy. Um, you know, wish him the best this weekend and in his future. Really appreciate him coming on. Had a lot of fun doing that conversation with him. Um, he did say I was better looking than Ian Book, though. Um, we didn't get that one on air, but that is that did happen, guys. Just so everyone <laughs> knows. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess. I'm taking the Fighting Irish down there, uh, fourteen and a half. Give, come on, give it to me. I already yeah. put money. I already put money on it. Did you? Wow. All right. So yeah. The, yeah, the one thing I'll say, I know there's a couple audio cuts in there. Try to edit them out as best we can. So sorry for those technical difficulties for our listeners, but uh, really a great story. A kid I don't know as well. I never was teammates with him. You were. Uh, he didn't delve into all the details behind his injuries, but really a fantastic story uh, in terms of perseverance and everything, and getting back out there, still playing at the elite level that got him to where he is at this point yeah i mean three three year long season ending injuries um so he's a fifth year he, th- he could be a sixth year man the, the, yeah, you heard him say it, that yeah we brought it up but I, I hope he goes to the nfl i i, I think croft can play on sundays um he's got the speed he's got the talent um you know it's it's tough it takes a little bit of luck but i think uh he's got the luck of the irish in him maybe these next few years Ooh. All right, all right, I, all right. Let's 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 move on though. Talk about um, some upcoming bets that we're making this weekend, aka our locks. Yeah, James. our locks. Um, they haven't been great lately. You did you hit on the Browns last weekend? I lost. Uh, Minnesota yep. made me look stupid. Yeah, I predicted the Browns winning by twenty, and what did they do? They went out and they won by twenty. So I I did call that on last podcast, um, and I'm, I I just want to call it again. Browns by uh, eleven this week. By 11. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you like the alternate minus 10 and a half line. Okay. Yeah, so Browns by 11 is my prediction uh, for this week. But my lock is actually a college football game. Give me Pat Fitzgerald in Northwestern plus nine and a half at home versus Michigan State. Um, Sparty with a tough loss could not handle the pitchfork that is Arizona State. Um, the Sun Devils in their pitchfork could not handle it. Uh, Sparty went down. Just doesn't look good. Taylor Lewerke or whatever just doesn't look like he's got it down in that offense. Uh, Northwestern's got a great defense. The, the, the over under is 38, James. But I, I, give me plus nine and a half at home, Northwestern. 
the Wildcats of Northwestern and Evan. Oh, that'll, that should be a fun one. It's not in It's like you said, it's at Michigan State. No, it's uh, at Northwestern. It's at Northwestern? Oh, okay. Yes, I am, and they're plus I'm nine he, and a half. I'm hearing stupid things then. Yeah, I kind of like that too. I'll probably tail on that. But I, I, uh, I'm I, going off to uh, the Northeast with my pick. Uh, the Syracuse Orange welcome in the Western Michigan. Uh, what are they, the Broncos? Shout out Carl Jones, Syracuse. Um, Captain. Yeah. Give, me, give me the Orange. Uh, and not only the Orange, but give me the under, 65 and a half in that game. Just to be clear, my lock is the under, but I think Syracuse also wins in that one. Am I am I being stupid in saying that they're the Broncos? Am I, I like that's bothered me a little bit. No, they're the Broncos. All right, well they're so irrelevant that I don't care because the Syracuse Orange has a defense ready to stop them. Uh, like you said, Carl Jones, I'm all all about it. Never met him either, but uh, yeah. I'm all for them keeping them to a lower scoring game. Syracuse struggled offensively against Clemson. I think they're going to be back out for a vengeance and. Uh, Western Michigan, they haven't shown me much this year. Michigan who, State scored a bunch of points on them. Who would win in a fight, uh, an Orange or a Bronco? Uh, whew, you know, if we're, playing, uh, if we're playing prison rules, give me the Bronco. <laughs> but in a fair fight, I'll take the Orange. <laughs> All righty, I love it. Um, let's, let's move on. Oh, hey, everyone. Uh, we are going to do another fan gamble giveaway uh, this Friday. Uh, you're probably listening on a Thursday because you listen right away. Right as we release our episode, you're waiting for the notification. So if you're listening, uh, the Gamble giveaway is coming on Friday this week. Uh, Mike Duffy won a couple weeks ago. We forgot to do it last week. So we're back. Yeah, we're back. More money out of our pockets if you win. Uh, Nothing better. Nothing better. All right. So so just be looking to retweet us at Pay to Play Pod. But let's let's do a quick uh, rundown of sad and glad beats. Let's do it. So, Frank, you and I both. Uh, I think uh, week two of the NFL got to us a little bit. Maybe week three of college football. Those lines, Vegas starts sharpening them a little bit. And uh, we both put up – we almost put up a combined 100 bets. Uh, you you got me. You had 50. I had 46. Um, my sad beat was that I had a parlay of five favorites on college football Saturday. And the only team to win was Iowa. And they were actually the clo- – it was like a one-point spread. And they were the only money line that hit for me. All the others were like at least six point favorites and they all were upset. So pretty sad there. Um, yeah, not too much else to say. Like you should normally hit like two to three out of that, but just aggressive on my part. What are you going to do? Yeah, I had, a, I had a tough week all around. Probably a lot of sad beats. Uh, a little bit of a glad beat last night or two nights ago with the Browns. Um, Odell Beckham getting six catches. I had over five and a half. A lot, lot of money on it. So that, that started my week off positive this week after a, a tough week of 50 total bets. A lot of it was chasing, and that's why I got up to 50. You know, that was kind of like a local high on how many uh, bets I think I'm going to place over the next few months. But uh, I think maybe towards the end of the season we could see a breach of 50, maybe a new all-time high. <laughs> All right. I like that. All right. And I also heard uh, – a uh, sad beat from a fan, uh, Tom Cannon. He had Baker no interceptions for the game, and Baker mm. threw threw in late in the game there. So yeah, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> so, sorry, Tom. Sorry, that's a tough Tom. one. But yeah, let's move on to one v one bets real quick before we get into our market talk. We're gonna try to speed this up a little bit. We're taking a while, but you know, you guys like listening to us, so why not? <laughs> um, we have last week. Uh, I I got James again. I'm I'm on a five. I think it's five in a row, James. I, I think it is five. And I went. You were up two zero, and now it's mm-hmm. five to two. I think. Uh, I took Patriots minus 19. James took the Dolphins. Um, those two pick sixes at the end, just really icing on the cake in that one. Um, but yeah, so James owes me five for that. But this week, um, I think the S&P 500 is closing at an all-time high, James, in the next two days. Uh, and we'll talk about what happened and why I think that. But James says no. He I says, say no, you say yes. Yep, Sounds like a Beatles song. Currently about 0.8% away. Uh, it's just over 3,000, the S&P 500, and the all-time high is 3,028. So we're, we're really close, but um, I, I think that's a great segue into market talk. Uh, James, if you want to talk about uh, what happened last week in the market. Yeah, sure. Last week in the market, um, there was a little change on Friday, but the third consecutive week of gains, uh, and we are within striking distance of all-time highs, which led to that little 1v1 bet right there. Easing tensions in the U.S. and China, receding fears of a U.S. recession, all those things kind of helping lift stocks. Um, and what else now today? So there was also uh, the biggest thing was a Fed meeting today, and the Federal Reserve cut U.S. interest rates by a quarter point. 
uh, now ranging between 1.75 and two basis, or excuse me, 1.75 and 2%. Sorry. Um, so that was a big move. Uh, stocks were, I guess investors were happy to hear that. It was largely expected, but it was the guidance after that, I think, is what had uh, traders more interested. And the Federal Reserve, I don't think they were too committal one way or another. Um, Frank, I mean, I will say there was a positive reaction as soon as that um, news kind of came out. Um, so they did say act as appropriate, probably one of their favorite terms, or at least Powell's more recent favorite terms. Um, but things are good. T typically around the around the markets, things are things are good. Yeah, we're at an interesting point. Um, you know, uh, if the economy, I mean, it, I still think if the labor market stays strong and the Fed acts as this support, you know, cutting as they need to. Um, and, you know, I think the rest of the world is also beginning to ease. The ECB actually is doing some uh, balance sheet uh, pumping pretty much. And I think I think the Fed said they would uh, start doing that in my or like increasing the balance sheet as well. So yeah, that's I, just, I did, yeah. they're just supporting the economy, supporting the market, which, I mean, I think that's going to see us an all time high within two days, but probably, I mean, maybe not within two days, but I don't know. I think it's still a good time to average in, um, you know, every recession is different. We don't know when the next one's coming. So you got to keep averaging in. It could be, you know, in a month, it could be in five years, you know, you never know. So you got to keep averaging in, um, over the long term. That is true. Um, so I guess what else do you want to talk about regarding the market, Frank? I know we're running along on time as it is. Um, I but, think, I mean, I think we maybe we just want to cut it right there. Yeah, we could just, I mean, oil prices shot up. Uh, so gas prices rising a little bit. Yeah, that, that's kind of like a big economic thing in that is. world news that there was a drone strike on the heart of the Saudi oil. Um, basically, they're like Aramco's, the company's facilities. That's like yeah. run by the Saudi government. Um, people, they think it's by from my Iranian allies, or so people that are um, from Iran. Uh, you know, the U.S. might be sending some military support, uh, doing a lot of things. But yeah, basically, five percent of the world's daily production of crude oil is shut down this week. Uh, they're hoping to have full production back up within the month. Uh, that sent oil up like twenty percent in one day. It was like the largest spike since like nineteen ninety eight. So that's pretty cool. Uh, kind of, I mean, not cool. Pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, not not that cool. Pretty crazy to see. I wish I should have bought. I should have bought some uh, oil futures. Honestly, yeah, the futures made, made a trade there, but uh, they've eased off actually since they've fallen since. And the U.S. is honestly like one of the leaders in oil now in the world, um, which people probably don't realize. We don't really depend on too many others. We kind of have enough ourselves. Um, I think we were doing more output than Saudi Arabia actually recently. So, um, but yeah, it's good if oil prices are a little bit higher than they've been to support the economy, but. That's not good to have a supply risk like that. I, don't know. I, I agree. Uh, so we, yeah, we, we'll cut it right there, though. I know we don't. Yeah, we just we're running long. <laughs> I'm talking too much about oil. Uh, buy it or sell it, James. What's what's the first on our list this week? So buy or sell. crickets as protein. Uh, I was listening to an interview with a former CEO of Cisco, actually a Cleveland guy at heart, and he said the next big protein is going to be crickets. Um, it doesn't sound great to me right off the bat, but you do a little research into it. Crickets, people eat them like in other parts of the world already. Uh, they, they could become a mainstream kind of thing. Are you buying or selling that as possible? Um, I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, I, I think it lose, uses a lot less water, if I'm not mistaken. Like the amount of water we use to, uh, to make one pound of meat is pretty crazy, I'm pretty sure. Um, but right now, I don't, I don't think we're – the world has any water supply issue, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I would eat a cricket. I'm not afraid. All right. I'm afraid of like broccoli and stuff, but not, not crickets. I like that. All, All right. right. James, you want to know something I'm buying this week? Sure. Is uh, the future, the, the out, the, you know, way out in the future, future of Ivy league football uh, becoming uh, competitive in division one. Um, and here's my take is that, uh, you know, we talked about it with Croft a little bit in the interview that uh, I think there will be pay to play uh, for college athletes eventually, which kind of opens up the door for boosters to basically um, kind of pay for athletes to come to their schools a little bit, which is kind of why it's a very controversial subject, pay to play for image and likeness, because I could be a booster. But you know who has the most money? A lot of those Ivy League schools, they have a lot of alumni um, with, you know, great jobs, great networks. So I think they could really actually uh, basically become better at football. That's my random buy. 
right. I like that. I kind of, whew, I actually have a hard time disagreeing with your logic there. So I think I'm in on buying it too. Maybe not, maybe not spending as much money buying it, but I will buy it too. I yeah, think I, that's mean, a I good just call. think the, the nerds pockets are going to be deep and they're going to, they're going to buy the, the best players. All right. So let me tell you something I'm buying. Uh, Pizza Hut and Kellogg released a partner, released news of a partnership and Pizza Hut's going to start selling a Cheez-It stuffed pizza. So not pizza stuffed with Cheez-Its, like a giant Cheez-It stuffed with pizza inside. So like cheese and stuff, they give you dipping sauce on the side. The dough is made out of Cheez-It dust. Uh, and they're going to be selling this for $6.49. I think that's an easy, oh, I'm getting a pizza. Might as well just add a Cheez-It stuffed pizza on the side. I really can't wait to tie, try that out. I don't know um, about the longevity of it. I think the taste is just going to be great. I know it's a limited time only offer. I'm one of the biggest Cheez-It fans you'll ever find. So just very excited about this news. Um, Yum Brands owns uh, Pizza Hut. And so just look out on Yum Brands. All I'm saying, I need, I need to do a deep dive on their price and if they're overvalued right now or not. But just keep an eye on them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, James, everyone knows the, uh, anything, the name cheese that gets slapped on, you will jump on the opportunity. So, I will. Uh, that's just good marketing. There's probably other people like you like that. So good for Pizza Hut, uh, good for Kellogg to get that deal done. I love partnerships, man. Companies working together, making the world a better place. I mean, now we have cheese and stuffed pizza. What a, what a world we live in. Um, also, I saw actually in, in the same category, uh, KFC just came out with a uh, – chicken sandwich that uh has don't like glazed donuts as the buns so crispy cream donuts is that another partnership for i I don't know if it's crispy cream but i mean or you could just go buy crispy cream i'm I'm just speaking it into existence i don't know what that partnership was i didn't see that story Um, the final the final thing i'm buying is the genesis halftime show as a good marketing tactic even though it's just the worst thing we'll ever watch all together like every week it's just like 10 five to 10 minutes of just what is going on well yeah no that's actually a good buy because everyone's talking about how bad it is but you know what they're saying every time the, it's the genesis halftime show yeah. what the, well, i didn't know what the fuck genesis was the first time it's, i saw it googled it it's getting memed it's getting memed. <laughs> I mean, it's it's getting memed. The Genesis <laughs> halftime show. Uh, they're a luxury car brand under Hyundai. Uh, I had to look this up today because I still didn't know. Yeah, even I, after I, I but looked hey, it up. I'm looking it up, so it's a good marketing tactic. All uh, right. So it, I think getting memed in this day and age is the most sincere form of flattery. Um, I think it really is. Yeah. And James, and they say uh, it's imitation, but I think it's getting memed now. Okay. All right. Wrap us up with one more buy it or sell it. I don't care what. I, either way, um, I'm I'm selling something that you said you did today, and I just I just don't get it, and it's axe throwing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, can, just tell me, take me through your experience. All right, so I went axe throwing today as a post work event. Um, I'll tell you what, I was skeptical going into it, um, but you know they got a bar at the facility. Nice when there's a. Uh, tab covered for you so it's not like you're spending too much money doing it it's like hey i'm just in it for the fun you're sipping a beer one moment next thing you know you're you're up there holding the next one hand two hands you got a coach telling you how to do it and then next thing you know you're letting it fly you got to aim like a bullseye like darts to a degree but the thing is you don't flick your wrist like you do in darts you kind of just release it let it go if it sticks you get points so that you warm up for about an hour and then you basically have a tournament with the people you go with and they kind of just keep, keep score for you um, and make it a really fun event. So that's with a group. I don't know how it is if you walk in on your own or if it's like you and another person. I, there's probably some caveats to it. But I was so in on it. So that was my post-grad plan for the past week because I just did it earlier today. Um, but, boy, it was really a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And I didn't really think much of it going in. So. It, just, it seems like there's like a lot of liability with just having sharp axes being thrown everywhere and alcohol alcohol and alcohol involved like i don't know i mean i just think there's gonna be a bad lawsuit that's gonna run the company bankrupt you've seen you've seen the videos the, those axes will bounce on on occasion just gotta oh, be yeah. careful oh, gotta yeah. your head on a swivel. it's not for the faint of heart it's a, it's a good time all right so what are you doing this weekend uh actually who the fuck knows i don't <laughs> i uh i'm gonna be watching football like i told you i have some friends here but like it, it, I can count them on one hand. So uh, I'm going to maybe hit up one of one of those five. Um, okay, maybe four. But I'll see. We'll see if I end up doing anything with them. But otherwise, I'll be watching football. You should make a push for the second hand. 
That could be this week's goal. That'll be this weekend's goal. We'll see if that happens. Right. Go ahead. It sounds like you need two more, maybe one, if you have five. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I am uh, going to a little clam bake Friday, and I'm going to go watch our Cleveland Indians on Saturday. Uh, heading up to Clee. Uh, big game. You know, it's probably going to have some playoff implications. Um, so excited for that. But, yeah. James, uh, take, take us take us away here with the song of the week. Uh, All right. Yeah. yeah, we'll do. Sad week in the week of music, classic rock, especially uh, a couple – couple people have left us too soon eddie money um guy he's not our song of the week but i just want to give him a special shout out he had some electric hits in the late 70s early 80s take me home tonight oh man that one will evoke the feels on you if you're care if you're not careful um he's got baby hold on two tickets to paradise i can go on on for a little while but uh i i don't want to say it was overshadowed because both both uh, all deaths are sad but especially when they've produced such great music uh, that's kind of, I don't know, you could say characterize the generation. Was that uh, his uh, birth name? Eddie Money, no. It's like Edward Mahoney or something like that. And it's it take, like out a, take out the A. Uh, yeah, it was like very close to Money, and then he's just like, that's a better stage name, I'm riding with it. Because Funny you'd ask that because I didn't know until he passed away, and I, I looked it up like the day it happened. Uh, so good timing there. Not, not good timing on the death, excuse me. It sounds very <laughs> insensitive. All right, so now we're rambling on to the point. If anyone's still listening, the song of the week is called You Might Think by The Cars. Uh, the Cars, Rick Ocasek was the front man. Uh, and shout out to my dad on this fun fact. A graduate of Maple Heights High School in Ohio. So he moved to the Cleveland area um, as a kid, graduated from high school from there, uh, was in some bands actually in the Maple Heights area, and then uh, branched out. Of, they... they Went elsewhere, a couple other bands. Then um, early 80s or late 70s, early 80s. I, I, I don't know. That's not important. The fact is that the front man of the car has passed away. Uh, you might think is a song that uh, actually won an award for video of the year in the 1984 VMAs, uh, beating out Michael Jackson's Thriller. So Thriller, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie for that or the music video for that. Pretty good music video. This song beat it. And Frank, I think you did watch the video. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, it's a little wacky. It's basically <laughs> one of the it's I mean it's basically one of the first music videos to use computer graphics. Um and it was it cost like eighty thousand dollars to make in nineteen eighty four, which is a lot of money. Um so and I don't know, it's just you could tell it's from nineteen eighty four, but it's funny because it's like such a look back at the past of that was cutting edge technology doing those graphics. And now it just looks ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, it's a good song. Good, good video. Go check it out. It's one of those things that got MTV kind of up and off the ground. So uh, really a lot of history there. Uh, Cleveland guy, great band in the 80s. The Cars, a bunch of other great hits. My Best Friend's Girl. Um, yeah. Just What I Needed. Great band. But I think that's about all we got for in this episode. Yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our interview. Uh, we'll hope to get a couple more of those. Uh, remember, if you want to sponsor us, just let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll read off anyone's name as an ad. We can do anything, really, just just as long as you pay us uh, basically any amount of money. Uh, it doesn't even have to be money. We, we'll take alternative forms of compensation. Just talk to us. We're, we're negotiable people. We are. Digital, digital currency preferred. That's um, what I, I was thinking of you when I said that. <laughs> it's, right. also, it's, it's also money, James. That's true. There we go. All righty, guys. Have, yeah, have a good true. one. Um, Dogs got to eat. Go tribe on Sunday as well.